This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At some point you went to school, you wanted to be a teacher. At some point, yes. I was actually precisely 15 years old when oh. I decided I wanted to be a teacher. I got a tattoo that says, that, that means to teach in, in Chinese <laughs> at, at, <laughs> when I was 15. Yes. 15. Wow. Okay. I didn't know Canada had such lax tattoo laws. Well, the <laughs> I had an older sister. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Was there any fallout from that? Actually, it's funny that you asked. Yes, <laughs> there was. <laughs> she was not too happy when she found out. <laughs> oh, wait, did you steal her ID? <laughs> this is a terrible way to start, but yes, no, this I did. is where we start. Oh, no, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, but you were, you, uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> this shady part aside, you still, you were on fire to teach. I was, yes, I was. And it's interesting. I don't really know what kind of set that off. I think it was partially the fact that um, I have a pretty big family and a lot of cousins and a lot of them are, well, all my cousins are younger than me. So naturally when I was growing up, I sort of was always the one to organize activities. And I like, I would, I would take this job seriously too. Like I would pre-plan things that we would be doing together. Like I'd, I'd print out little drawings that they could do. I'd like, I just, I, I was just weird. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, it just came naturally to me, I guess. And um, I ended up teaching high school, not elementary, but still, you know, the same, the same vein. So you knew that you just had this capacity to take charge of organizing things for young folk, I guess like on the very, just like trying to get it to total basic. You just had this proclivity to do this. I think so. Yeah. And I, I just, there was a lot of teachers that either they motivated me to be like them or I was like, okay, well, if this person can be a teacher, then, then so can I. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, I, I, yeah, just from a young age, I just, for some reason, I, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And, and- um, here I am. <laughs> what, yeah, what are the steps then to become a teacher in your province? Uh, so you have to do a bachelor's degree and then you have to do your, it, it changed from one year to two years of teacher's college, uh, the year that I actually entered. So um, yeah, two years of that and you get uh, four placements during that time. So like five weeks, no, like 20 weeks in total of um, just teaching in various schools other like different subjects and whatnot and um and then you're good to go how did you uh enjoy or what did you think about the teacher training part that, that two-year certification or whatever it's called um it was all right I, it, I don't necessarily think that the two years is um necessarily uh useful more useful than one year um the placements were definitely the most useful part of the program 
just being able to actually teach and learn from your own mistakes and things. But um, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, we, we had a very small group. Uh, like my class was only nine students oh, for two wow. years. So we got to know each other fairly well. And, you know, we, we've, I guess, well, we haven't really kept in touch, but you know, we, we were basically friends by the end of it and just going to each other's like weddings and mm-hmm. whatnot and just have a good bond. So, yeah. And was this in the 20 hundreds or the two thousands or 2010s? Yeah, it was very recently. I graduated in 2017. Okay. All right. Yeah. So with that uh, timeline established, was there, shall we say, ideological training involved in your becoming a teacher? Um, it's, Equity, it's kind diversity, of hard. inclusion, stuff like that? Decolonization, yeah, activism? Not, not that much, to be honest. Um, but it's also a little bit hard to um, look at it now and, and try to answer that question because back then I wasn't kind of aware of these things. Um, I only woke up fairly recently, um, probably two years ago was when I realized that this was very dangerous and I had to, and I got very like aware of what was happening. But um, yeah, back then I didn't, there was, let's say there was some maybe more shady stuff, but I didn't really participate in it. Um, Like there was, I remember there being a diversity class, but I didn't take that class. So I, it wasn't mandatory but now I'm not really sure how, how it, how it is, but I have heard from some professors that the um, AQ classes have to, so the, um, how do you say that? Um, Academic qualification. Yeah. Something like that. Like teachers can take extra classes for professional development. Okay. And those classes now have to have like a section of the course that focuses on equity and anti-racism. I was talking to one professor in particular and she told me she had always taught this same class. And now that they added this section, she didn't want to teach it anymore. Um, So there's that. So you graduated in 2017 and then you went right to a placement in 2018. 2017, uh, 2018, or? So I was in school from 2015 to 2017, and there's one placement of five weeks per semester. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like um, well, I'm, I'm just a little the, bit. The, I mean, after your college or your education, you went directly oh, into teaching. Yeah, yeah, I got a permanent position right away, right. and I yeah, I started teaching full time and. In 2017, 2018 school year? Yeah. 20, okay. So then two years ago, you say you started to see something. Is mm-hmm. that 2020 or the 2019, 2020 school year? 2020. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I can tell you kind of how I, the story of how I kind of woke up. Okay. If you yeah, want. Well, yeah, I just want, um, I yeah. do want to hear that, but mm-hmm. uh, I just want to know what's happening in the world. Pandemic, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter stuff's yes. going on. Okay. Yes. You get back to school after a, a summer of love or mostly peaceful summer of love. And then, <laughs> and then you start to see the encroachment or very explicit diversity, equity, inclusion push in your school. Is that um, the context? Yes, kind of. But I woke up before the school year started. I woke up during the summer 
So um, a few things led to it, I guess. There was, like, first of all, when the whole uh, George Floyd um, murder happened, I uh, initially I was like, oh, my gosh, like, um, this is terrible. How could a human do that to another human? That was the way that I saw it. And then the whole racism thing came in and I kind of bought into it at first. I remember putting my profile picture as Black Lives Matter, like seriously, like this is how I, I like I had no clue. And I just thought like, okay, well, there must be like, I just accepted the narrative that I was hearing. And I was like, okay, well, I must not know, you know, uh, enough and oh, I should get informed about this and all this. And then um, there was a teacher, a professor of mine. I did my thesis under his supervision. Uh, supervision and he taught biology. And um, he put out a tweet saying something like, uh, you know, we're all, uh, we've all evolved from single-celled organisms. It is so stupid for us to be racist. And then he tagged, all lives matter in a very innocent fashion. I mean, the guy, first of all, he's from France. So he, English is his second language. He doesn't really necessarily know the intricacies of this, this stuff. And he posted it very innocently and he got like slammed, like slammed. And I didn't know enough about uh, this ideology in general, but I knew that that was extremely, like just the way that people treated him was horrendous. And the fact that other professors didn't really stand up for him, there was only a select few that did. I just thought that was horrible. And it was the, during that summer that I was uh, preparing to teach a biology course. Um, I had done, a, a, I did my major in biology. So I was really excited about this. I was gonna teach grade 11 uh, pre-university biology. So I really wanted to build a class that was going to be good, that I could keep for the next few years, that I could teach this kind of over and over again and just modify it every year. But I wanted to have a good, you know, foundation. So I started listening to podcasts, like religiously. So um, I was listening to anything that had to do with biology, pretty much. I was listening to a lot of evolution uh, stuff because I'm personally extremely fascinated by evolution and just by um like how evolution shapes human behavior and all of this stuff so i fell upon jeffrey miller and then that led me to joe rogan and gad sad and all of these amazing thinkers right and um just in hearing them talk i was kind of starting to connect the dots and they were saying exactly what it is that I was thinking, but I couldn't necessarily express it before. And, um, which is what, which is that there was just this weird obsession in, in our society with these groups. And like, as much as I originally thought that it was a good thing in a sense, like I thought, okay, well, if this group feels a certain way, like we should talk about it, talk about, like just just play into this identity poly politics stuff a little bit at that point I realized like it doesn't lead anywhere good like at, at in the end we all want to be just seen as human beings rather than as members of groups like isn't that like the end point like or shouldn't it be the end point where we're all if you're accepting? white yeah that's a total white thing to say I'm kidding 
<laughs> well, I don't know though. I mean, it depends on the um, depends on the culture. Yeah, and the ideology. Um, the progressive woke ish side, not so much. The classical libertarian or classical libertar classical liberal liberal. Why can I not say it? Libertarian. <laughs> classical liberal to conservative side. Yeah, places the individual. On top, but once you get away from the center, it becomes more and more group identity focused. And mm -hmm. so far as I've researched, but yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. So it just I, I started just I guess seeing the dangerous side of that and kind of thinking about where that leads and um, thinking about like freedom and how uh, I think I was fairly naive until that point in, in in that. I thought that freedom was just kind of a thing that we had and we could keep forever. And I, I was just, I was, I was ignorant. I will admit it, but I just thought that, you know, this isn't something we have to fight for. We're in Canada, we're fine. But I was looking at all this stuff and I just thought, I think we're repeating some of the mistakes in the past. And if people don't stand up to it, like it's going to go horribly, horribly um, badly at some point in the future. Okay, so your uh, your progression wasn't to look at the repercussions of standing against it so much as the repercussions of not standing against it. That's how you evaluated the situation. Yeah, that's interesting. An interesting way to put it. But yeah, that's exactly it. So what did you start to do, say, or think? To be honest, I started speaking about it right away. Oh, and okay. In yeah, what like, format on on your teacher meetings to your uh, to your little school or to the world mm -hmm. at large through Twitter? What I didn't have, I don't think I had Twitter at that time. Maybe I did, but if I did, I wasn't really tweeting very much. But um, I, it was mostly, I guess, Facebook, um, Instagram. Actually, it's interesting to note though. When I first woke up, I wasn't on social media at all because I had taken a break. And I think that's really important because I think that's what people need to do these days if they're going to wake up is they have to like remove themselves for, from the environment where they're always repeating the same kind of rationalizations and, and not mm. kind of stepping out and thinking about it. Um, like what do they truly think, you know, not just like what's going to be appropriate, what's going to be the, uh, the thing that gets me the likes right now or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, um, so yeah, I was actually off social media and it was the fact that I felt the need to speak up that got me back onto social media. I didn't necessarily want to be on social media. I still don't. I think it's a big waste of time, but um, I, I just thought I need to do my part to at least share a different view and see if that might make other people wake up the same way that I did sort of. Okay. Um, I, I total aside, but we know that we're in, uh, that you're located in a boomer house because there's somebody actually has a plug in phone that rings. Oh my God. Could you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I just have to, what <laughs> yeah. an odd little thing. I just have to like respect the elders of the past and their ways of communication. My dad is uh, a pretty uh, traditional guy. <laughs> boomer, boomer. That might be, um, before we go, uh, my next question with regard to your story is how you begin to communicate 
but maybe just getting a sketch of your origin, like like uh, culturally, religious, not religious, um, kind of just taking advantage of the the Canadian culture. Like, what's kind of the background of where you grew up mentally? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, well, I, I haven't ever really been too religious. Um, I did teach at a Catholic school, um, <laughs> but I'm, I, I kind of felt a little bit unsure about that. But anyway, I got the job offer and I just decided, well, my values pretty much align with Catholic values anyway. Um, you know, treating everybody uh, the way that you should and kind of following that golden rule I thought that was important I just so I so I just did it um and I do see the value in religion I don't I'm not but you didn't grow up religious no just kind of I guess kind of slightly liberal bent uh it's Canada so there's not really a hardcore right uh necessarily like my dad was always conservative um but it's I was always aware that conservative was like a taboo and so that's it. I always sort of like, I wouldn't tell people that my dad was conservative, if, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I just always thought like it was a bad thing, but I didn't necessarily know why. And I, I, I don't know. It was a weird um, hmm. thing, especially in my circles, because in education, I mean, if, if, if you're a conservative, like you're, you're done. You know what I mean? Like people openly will bash like, I, I remember when Harper was the prime minister, like, it was just everyone would speak negatively about him. And it's like, I, I don't know how much they actually knew about him, or about what he was doing and whatever. But it just felt like it was the the only way you were allowed to think, I guess. So for me, that caused a little bit of confusion, I guess, because here I am, like, my dad's a great guy and he cares about the environment. He cares about like all of these things he's um he's just a, a very caring person and here are all these people saying that conservatives are like bad so i always kind of kept the um option open that like conservatives are not bad but i didn't necessarily voice that and i didn't know enough about politics to ever kind of defend conservatives in a coherent way so i just you know until I started listening to podcasts that summer. And then I, during that time, I listened to podcasts a lot. Like, I will tell you, like, I was obsessed because it was like my world had been shaken, right? Like, all of a sudden, like, all the blocks, the building blocks, right, had just fallen apart. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I remember calling my dad that week many times. And I was like, wait, so when you said this, like, oh, my God, you're so right. Wait, so what do you mean that this. week? What what was like, it about that week? Was there like an initiatory week, like Joe Rogan episode one thousand forty six with uh, I don't know Jordan Peterson and um, somebody else? Was there like a specific event? Why do you say that week? What was that week? Well, 
<laughs> I don't know if I can. I, I remember the grievance studies affair was something that really striked me. Um, and I, and, and I, rem- I remember calling my dad like midway through an episode where I, I believe it was Joe Rogan was talking to James Lindsay. And I think Peter Bogosian might have been there too. Okay. And, and I just, it connected so many dots for me because I had taken classes like that in the past when I was in university, like 2012, 2013, I had taken, I don't even remember the name of the class, but it was like a, you know, a grievance studies course. And it was just the weirdest thing. And I had this feeling like I didn't, I can oppose the ideas and in an intelligent way at that point yet, because I'd never had kind of the other view of it, but I just knew that it was wrong. Like there was a lot of things where it was like, well, why am I not allowed to take this other position? It was like, oh, um, okay, for your essay, you need to write about how this movie portrays uh, this character in a negative light because of this. And it was like, well, (laughs) I disagree with that statement to begin with, you know, but you weren't really allowed to disagree. There was other weird stuff in that course too, where it was like, um, Hmm. she'd show a video oh my god you're gonna you won't believe this but it was a video oh, i went to evergreen i'll believe it <laughs> go on bring it on challenge okay. me <laughs> okay so it was a video of a woman who was pulling yarn out of her vagina uh while she was on her period and we were supposed to look at like the yarn the like discolored yarn and think that that was like empowering in some way and talk about that for like a whole class. So this was the kind of stuff that I felt <laughs> was very odd. <laughs> I don't know what it, it is, but there's this, there's this contingent of academic specifically feminism, or like there's this one contingent of feminism that is obsessed with the vulva and drawing it and praising it and worshiping it and doing things with it and exposing it to sunlight and stuff. I don't, I don't know what that's about but it's just a part of the deal. Yeah. I wonder if it's still like that today, because now that the whole trans activism side has come in, I, I, I don't know, maybe they're not. They've the Volvani have kind of retreated. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So what you're painting is that you were like Robin D'Angelo says about whiteness or white supremacy. You're just kind of in this, water you're just swimming in this water that you kind of subconsciously know that the conservative is it's really intolerant about a certain set of ideas you have connections to those ideas through your dad but you're in another environment you're being exposed to you know this grievance study stuff this uh, assumption this indoctrination over education type of academic style but you just kind of go along with it you just kind of go along with it 2020 comes along something pokes your brain james lindsay says something or peter bogosian makes one little statement and it starts to reorganize and you say daddy or sorry i don't mean that that dad <laughs> What is going on? What are your ideas? You you just start to look. You start to see this whole other thing that you just taken as granted or for granted and and lived your other life. Things start to crumble. Yeah, I was pretty much blissfully ignorant. And I thought, and I bought into the whole, like, let's be kind and let's do this for this group and not for that group. And, like, let's use this pronoun for this person and this, like, and it was just... 
I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was like full woke in the sense that there's a lot of aspects that I didn't follow, but there was a lot of aspects of it that I did buy into and I didn't necessarily connect the dots um, with everything. Like I didn't really know that it was all tied together in an ideology, which in the end is totalitarian, anti-free speech, anti um, like equality. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when I really put it together and it was like, oh my gosh, when, when I'm supporting these efforts to categorize people based on their group that we've just kind of randomly decided is like the group that we're going to um, use to analyze. Like, I mean, why, why did we choose race? Why did we choose um, gender or whatever? Like it could have been anything, right? But we just randomly chose these groups and made them like, put them at the forefront of um, our analysis of society. And it's like, by doing so, we're, we're not helping anyone. And we're creating this toxic environment where no one can speak. It feels good. It feels good to put black lives matter on your profile picture. It feels good to go out in the street and yell against the system. Right. It feels Mm -hmm. good to like support Trudeau. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful man. Oh my gosh. His, his voice is so silken. He dresses all the right way. No. Well, even before that, I'm just saying, like, before you're awake, you probably were a Trudeau uh, fan, right? He probably pushed a certain number of buttons, right? No? Or did you I already... did vote for him the first time around. Okay. So, yeah, I guess there is something to that. But, um, yeah, now, yeah, as, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can hardly stand to look at him. <laughs> well, things turned up in Canada since 2020, if you can believe that. Um, okay, so... You decide to speak. You already know that there's an intolerance to other ways of thinking. You already know that there's a vehement denial of the conservative position as anything other than fascist, let's say. Maybe not. Maybe Canada at this point is not as uh, intense about opposing viewpoints. But you already know that. So when you begin to decide to speak out... How do you speak out? What What are your methods? What What is the tone of voice that you affect, the position that you begin with? At first, it was more like sharing articles and not commenting on them. Okay. So just a very passive way of saying, like, here's another way of looking at it, but not directly saying that I share that viewpoint. <laughs> um, and I think I confused a lot of people at first <laughs> because um, – at school, like I had been, uh, I had been the leader of the LGBT group <laughs> oh. the year before. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think at first I had a lot of comments that were kind of like, wait, are you for this or against this? And I had a lot of people starting to slowly like delete me. And um, I remember it being fairly stressful in the sense that I never knew whether like I'm, I would log into my my app and then see that I have like 20 notifications and I've been like bulldozed and everyone's like mobbing me. Like I never knew if that was going to happen or not. But it was going, it did happen. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it was necessary. Like most people just deleted me and didn't say anything. Okay. Um, or ever That's so often. That's the politest type of cancellation. 
the block and the unfriend. Yeah. To me, that's the worst type of cancellation, but oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would much prefer someone who's going to argue their point and tell me why I'm wrong and, and have a conversation with me or, you know, maybe entertain the thought that I might not be like a bigot or something, mm-hmm. but um, being rejected yeah, from the echo chamber hurts your uh, sensibility or defies your sensibility in some way. Yeah. It's just kind of like, Oh, like I would have liked a, an opportunity to um, like defend myself or discuss or tell you why I think this way, not just have you assume something about me um, based on a viewpoint that I had that differs from yours. But at the same time, I, I feel uh, like I understand that viewpoint because I used to sort of um, feel the same way in, in a way like I I had I for for example if someone supported Trump or something I would have like not wanted to associate with them and now looking back I know that's that's I feel like that's a bit crazy because I didn't know enough about him I didn't know and I won't I'm not like a Trump supporter a huge whatever but i think that the hate directed towards him is um often i guess misplaced like it's from people who don't necessarily know enough about the the policies he's putting in like what what he's doing they just look at his face and they hate him well and part and parcel of that on the other side they look at a narrative such as black lives matter and then they just accept that Mm-hmm. That that lawn sign in this house, we believe Black Lives Matter, or science is violence, or silence is violence, science is godliness. I don't know. You know that whole- Love is love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that whole meme. It's just like, these are our tenants. We just accept them. Anything that is vaguely critical of these things, we know that it's a part of the other side. And the other side is basically Nazis- but some mm-hmm. of them are just not quite full-blown Nazis. They're basically adjacent, Nazi-adjacent kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. So you, you begin to share articles on social media, maybe have argument here and there, lose some friends. What about your job? What about going back to school, going back to work? Um, that was fine. I mean, there was some awkward moments, maybe when I saw someone that I knew had just deleted me. But in the end, I really didn't care as long as I got to um, go in and teach and go back home. It wasn't um, it wasn't the end of the world for me. Like I don't I didn't necessarily need everybody to like me. I just um, wanted to be able to speak. And you were allowed to. Yeah. I fe- at, at first, yeah, until there was a formal complaint against me, I was fine. And the formal complaint came fairly quickly. But, <laughs> well, um, well, I guess not that. Uh, let's see. A few months after I started speaking. So in so late 2020, I, early 2021? Yeah, February 2021 was the complaint. And I probably started sharing some stuff in the fall of 2020, like October, end of September, I would say. What were they formally complaining about? So the official complaint, which is the one and only uh, complaint that has been submitted, um, which is still the one that I'm being investigated for now, is a complaint that had to do with a 
uh, with two comments that I put in a uh, private Facebook group for teachers. So it's a group where you have to actually give your member code for your um, from your regulatory body. So they actually verify who you are. And it had a lot of members. And um, I had never been an active participant. Like, I don't even think I had commented in that group one time. And I had been in it for a long time. And one day I was just scrolling through and there was someone who's like, uh, it's for Black History Month, I want to teach about Black Lives Matter. Like, can you share resources? And I just, I didn't really think too much about it. I just wrote a comment that said, we shouldn't indoctrinate kids with critical race theory. And often people will be like, well, they're talking about Black Lives Matter, but critical race theory is obviously the fundamental kind of uh, like underlying philosophy of critical race uh, of Black Lives Matter. So I just said, um, we shouldn't be indoctrinated kids. We should treat everybody with kindness, blah, blah, blah. It was a very basic comment. And then I just added a video from uh, the UK Equalities Minister, Kemi Badnock, who was just saying how uh, their government stands against critical race theory. They don't want any teachers teaching, um, like a um, taking sides with politics. And um, that was it. And then within 10 minutes, I had like 10 people coming at me and I ended up leaving the group. What was and, the substance of their uh, pushback? <clears throat> oh, I was upholding white supremacy in schools. I uh, I don't speak for all teachers. Um, are you really a teacher? What is wrong with you? Like kind of things like that where they're all, and they're all liking each other's comments. And there's nobody obviously who's going to s- stick up for me. I'm sure every person who had taken my um, who had expressed my sort of point of view in the past has been, has just left the group. Right. So it's just become a big echo chamber. Um, and, uh, so, so yeah, I just, all these accusations and I ended up just leaving the group and I remember calling my dad that night and I was like, yeah, so, um, like, we'll see how this goes. I'm, I, I was kind of expecting something to come of that because of the way that people attacked me for it. And the fact that I knew the group was so big, like there must be one person on there who's going to like take it to the next level, not really think it through and put a complaint in. And the next day at school, I got handed a letter that said that I was under investigation. So that's what started it all. Okay. Yeah. You're still under investigation. Yes, but it's a different investigation. So I was investigated. And that investigation ended a month later. This was an investigation by my school board. Okay. But what I, are they investigating? Do they have you in a room telling, uh, asking you like all of your reasoning about uh, progressivism and conservatism? Or are they just troll, uh, trawling through your entire social media feed? Like, how do you investigate somebody for having an opinion? Or how do they? That's a good question. I have no idea. I, I truly don't know. I, all I know is um, they took a month to come to their conclusion. And during that, that time, I met with them once. We had a meeting that was, I uh, can't remember. I don't think it was more than 30 minutes. Okay. And to be honest, I wasn't that stressed about it because I knew I hadn't said anything like that. That was outrageous. Like I was just saying that we shouldn't be taking sides. Like a school should be impartial. 
that's that's what education is you know so I just went into that and I said exactly that I just defended my comment and um, I thought that I'd be okay and about a week later they told me that I was suspended for a week without pay um, and that I couldn't talk to any parents I had like parents I, I had four meetings with parents that night like I was supposed to call four parents and I couldn't call them anymore so I don't so why? I just, it, why it were looked you really not, bad on me. Yeah. Why, what is the justification for suspending? They just said that you're, we've investigated you're suspended yeah. and you can't talk to parents. No reasoning. Did you see a report that was written up on why? Uh, I had, um, well, they ended up, so the, the reason that the investigation started was the comment and they ended up throwing in like two other things into the investigation uh, as they do i'm told um and so there was like three reasons but the one that had to do with the comment that i made it said that i had made comments about visible minorities oh yeah you shouldn't comment about visible minorities that how about invisible minorities can you talk all day and all night about them (laughs) did they just make up the term visible minority Okay, it's, I'm yeah. yeah. That's that's more shocking to me than than the uh, minstrel thread, but um it's I mean <laughs> how you how you go from we shouldn't indoctrinate kids for uh, with CRT to um you commented on visible minorities is a very large jump that I don't necessarily understand to this day, but but, yeah. but they found two other pieces of dirt on you. Yeah. As well. Okay. Did yeah. you wear your hat uh, baseball cap backwards at a game in like 1992 <laughs> you know, like. yeah pretty much um yeah it was um hopefully those ones like won't i i let's just i should probably not get into the details of them okay. but okay. or i could but i let's just put it this way i didn't do anything and they were very um desperate to dig up some dirt on me and um yes so 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 that was over and i thought that that was all done and then this year like a year after the initial investigation started the ontario college of teachers started a a second investigation against me but but this time they dropped the other two things that they had thrown in so it was just the comments that i made about visible minorities uh it's it says uh on this day you posted this comment in uh, this Facebook group and it's the two comments that about critical race theory and the video that I posted. Okay. So, and that's still ongoing. What is the allegation? They're just saying that you made these comments. So we're going to investigate, investigate in perpetuity. What are they investigating? How much time? I guess they're going to watch this video and, I'm sure they will. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And so what was your response a year ago to being suspended? Did you just go silent, go dark? No, no, I just kept talking. I okay. I yeah, I don't think that I've done anything wrong. I'm I'm not a discriminatory person. I'm I'm actually fairly nice if you get to know me. So um I just kept on 
speaking out about this because I think it's important and I think we need to defend freedom of speech. And even if somebody's wrong, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not saying I have the absolute truth about everything. I'm just saying that I should be allowed to speak. You know what I mean? Just like everyone else should. And um, so I just kept on speaking. And um, I mean, I'm going to keep on speaking too, because I, I don't think that it's, I think everybody has a role to play in, in this, like everybody who sees what's happening right now should do everything that they can to speak. Because at this point, the way that it's going, like everybody is just getting silenced and equity officers are getting hired and policies are going into place and all of this stuff. And it's just growing and growing and, and, I mean, at a certain point, it's going to be really hard to push back on this stuff. So I think that the time to push back on it is now. Well, if they're willing to use the all these regulatory bodies to investigate in perpetuity people who speak about visible minorities, but I'm sure that that Facebook group, that private teachers Facebook group, they talked about all they talked about was visible minorities all the time. So it's not about making comments about visible minorities. It's making certain comments about visible minorities. Like you're actually supposed to talk yeah. about them constantly and talk about them in a certain way. So it, it, it's, uh, well, anyway, so the, the reason it just, it doesn't make any sense. They have a tremendous amount of power. I mean, Amy Ham, who's a Vancouver nurse is being investigated for being involved in a billboard that says uh, a woman is an adult human female. She's being put through this grinder of this regulatory body. It seems like Canada mm-hmm. has taken on a uh, communist Soviet style um, angle on social issues to encroach into the thoughts and expressions of its population how do you stop that? And it doesn't seem like they'll let you stop it because it looks like Trudeau has made it so that he can control the media. He's in bed with the NDP party or whatever. He's got like a lock. This, this mm-hmm. bureaucracy, yeah, this totalitarian government you guys have has a lock on everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, right. it's, I don't know what you do, but it's, but you definitely have to do something. Right. And I think um, that involves, Speaking up every single time you can with everyone that you know, your neighbors, your whoever, whoever you can talk to about this. Just be like, yo, I heard this happen the other day. And like, what do you think of this? You know, like, just bring it up. Don't be scared to like most people agree fully. They just don't know what's happening. Hmm. And um, I think like a lot of people are organizing right now. I've got two friends who are going to be running for school trustee in the fall. And hopefully more than just the two, but I like we have to organize on a massive level. I don't have you heard of Mike Ramsey? Yes, I know Ramsey Ramerton. Who's Mike uh, Ramsey for whoever? Oh, that's a story you might want to have him on actually if you if you want. But uh, he is a school trustee, he happens to be black. He, I believe, used to be like a police officer he served in the military he's just a really like stand-up guy and anyway he's he's against woke politics and um i think uh mia ashton when she was on she talked to you about 
Carolyn Burjowski, the teacher who brought up the age appropriateness of some books at a school board meeting. Mm-hmm. She, when she did that, she was, you know, you know how that was handled. She was silenced and kicked out of the meeting and all of this. And Mike Ramsey, and I believe it was one other trustee as well, stood up for her. So since then, it's almost like the board has this political vendetta against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they, so he was elected by the public, right? He got like 10,000 votes from the public to serve as a school board trustee. And the board has now decided that he doesn't get to be a school trustee, pretty much. He's been kicked out of the meetings until September, I believe. He can't, um, he, he, he can't even attend. And we don't, the public doesn't know why. It's all a secret. We don't know who put in a complaint. We don't know what the complaint was. He we probably commented on a visible minority, man. You just don't do that. <laughs> you don't do, even if you are. I don't make a comment on him being one, but it doesn't matter because he probably did. Yeah, well, I think it had something to do with he shared a, uh, like, articles from conservative thinkers, which is hilarious because uh, I think one of them was Jonathan Kay, who is not a conservative. I believe he's a liberal, but anyway, what, or he's more liberal minded, anyway, more on the left. Um, but yeah, so he shared some articles and stuff and they, they didn't like that. And I, I don't know exactly if that was the reason, but regardless, the point is this is a black guy. He is speaking out against this ideology. And even though they keep on telling us live and uh, listen to the lived experience of black people, listen to the lived experience. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your color is. As long as you're, if you have a different opinion, you're out and people should be looking at this and, and start to ask questions. Like, why is this happening? Why is a black guy not allowed to have a different opinion? Why are we putting all black people in this like category where they're only allowed to say certain things and white people are only allowed to have certain positions and gay people too. And it's like, this is so regressive. I I don't understand how people are still going along with it. Um, Are there, I don't know how Canada law or Canadian law is set up, but it sounds like the only way, well, one way to combat this is lawfare. So you can't do this. This is discriminatory. Is there any recourse for you, yourself, in your position to have an advocate? Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm represented by um, lawyers at the Democracy Fund, and they're like constitutional lawyers, and they're going to hopefully just defend my freedom of speech and just the principles that I stand by, which is like equality and things like that. and hopefully that will be enough to protect me and to set a precedent for anybody else who has different opinions about this. Um, because I, I know so many teachers right now, like you wouldn't believe like just my inbox is filled with parents, teachers, everybody who's just like, Oh my gosh, what can I do to help? Like, I'm so sorry. I can't, I don't want to like your post. I don't want to speak out publicly, but I am so happy that you're out there doing. I got a handwritten card from a fellow teacher with a $250 check in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is how strongly people feel about this. Like it's, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I, I, yeah, it is. But if people aren't going to speak up, they're allowing they're they're sorry. Going to go there. Their silence is compliance. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say. Um, I'm kind of. I I understand people. They have to like you know eat, and they have children and stuff. But unless they want to hand over <laughs> their lives, which is what they're doing, they need to stand up. I just don't. I'm tired of people being cowards about this. I'm tired of it. It's just so stupid. I, I'm just so tired. It's like okay. You know, you. I'm sorry. It's like liberals are going to get the bullet first. You guys are going to get the bullet first, and you're allowing it to happen. It's cowardice. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm sorry to take a strong position. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of this bullshit. I, I can absolutely relate. Sometimes it's like, man, just just stop. Stop being so, like, stop hiding. If everybody just spoke up for what they thought was right, this would be gone this would be out the window we could proceed with our lives you know what i mean well after it's gonna it's gonna be a dust up it's gonna you're gonna it's gonna be suing it's gonna be people are gonna have to sacrifice their jobs people are gonna have to sacrifice their time people are gonna get uh censored just like you Mm -hmm. and you know their their lives are gonna risk that but it but yeah at a certain point it'll go back but it's so encroached it's so embedded in your in the the law Canadian law, you guys don't really have like a declar or bill of rights so much. You guys have this charter of rights and freedoms, which is being gamed for the government to get more and more power over like what you can say, what you can think. Yeah, and the media too. Uh, Trudeau has the power to just deny media the credentials, the media that doesn't say what he wants to say. It's total authoritarian. It's total China. Mm-hmm. Sorry to be. I'm just like I'm just fed up with it. I just don't know. Canada's. You guys are so far down that it, the time is well past due for people to stand up in mass. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's I don't right. know how to light a fire under Canadian asses. You guys like have so much tundra up there, so much cold weather that it's just like, mm-hmm. it takes it takes a powder keg to get you guys up and. Up and moving. I don't know. I don't need to yeah. diss your countrymen. I mean, the Freedom Convoy was something that really brought a lot of hope because it was like, oh, oh my gosh, like people do care and they do care. Like they do care about freedom to the point that they will sacrifice. They will travel across the whole country just to protect it. And like those mm. people sat in like minus 30 weather and for days and they had no bathrooms. And, you know, like that is the kind of thing that really brings me a lot of hope, but um, yeah, we're going to have to light that fire way more people and quickly too. Um, I just saw a video from Andrew Doyle. He posted it like yesterday or the day before uh, about uh, the need for people to speak up. And I think it's just such a great video. It was like seven minutes and it really, like I just really want people to watch that um, to understand that like if they don't speak up it's not getting any better like yet if you don't speak up you might keep your job for the short term but like you won't have a job in 10 years if if it goes to complete dictatorship sort of style thing like and i don't want to be extreme but i don't know uh the the entropy goes in one direction unless you constantly constantly fight against entropy and this is an entropic 
This is entropic. This is the totalitarian state just like munching away on freedoms. It's going to go in one direction until it's pushed back. You actually, mm-hmm. It actually takes force to clean up your room because it just gets dirty. And this is just the room falling apart, um, at least under one analysis. Andrew mm-hmm. Doyle, though, he's a very um, – he's a crafty man. He's very good at articulating things. Not the oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are you in are you suspended in perpetuity are you able to work are you able to like i guess now you're just hanging out with your cousins and like making them like micromanaging their time <laughs> they have a big like crafty balsa wood like cityscape that you guys are building this summer uh no actually i'm i i'm not that close to my cousins anymore They've, they're oh. all kind of in different cities and um but uh yeah i mean right now i'm i'm I try to get a few little side jobs. Like I was looking to supply. So you are suspended. You got fired then? I no. So, Oh, okay. So I can explain that. So I'm not technically suspended right now. I could, I could work. Um, if they wanted to hire me, like if they Google me and they're not terrified. Um, but, um, it hasn't really gone that way. Like I did try to get supply teaching positions. I didn't get through the process, even though, I know that they're quite desperate for teachers. So that was a little bit, bit of a shock. Um, but I have some health stuff going on, um, mm-hmm. which like I can get into, but if you want, but um, I ended up quitting my job for that reason in mm-hmm. August of 2021. So otherwise I would probably still have that position in Barry until they, until they, decided to fire you or whatever yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay so then you what are you doing we don't have to get into your health but what are are you doing then what are you focusing on um i did a little bit of tutoring here and there but mostly i'm just trying to uh do what i can to like push back on on this stuff i'm i'm in contact with a lot of people all the time and i'm trying to connect people to each other and um is there so? Is there like a singular organization yet, or a resource that people can get in contact to to see the talking points, investigate what's happening further, and maybe accidentally get enough courage to pitch in? Yeah, I would recommend uh, contacting Fair, becoming a member of Fair. I'm sure you're you're um, aware of that group. Um, Foundation we- of oh shoot. Against intolerance okay. and racism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they just approach it from a, a different perspective of just more humanity and fairness rather than divisive mm-hmm. identity stuff. And um, they I think that the Canada Fair just started like a year ago, not even, I don't know, I wasn't involved in that at all, but mm-hmm. um, it started to gain a lot of traction and people are, because it's, got so many people now like we've divided it we have a fair ottawa i'm in ottawa so uh we have a like fair toronto fair different regions so um that would probably be a good step for people if they want to get involved just to be connected to people you can there's zoom calls happening there's a lot of like educational stuff that they they um put on um Hmm. yeah um i guess that's that's the main thing um there's Catherine Cronus, who's a really awesome mom in Hamilton, who started a group called Lighthouse, hmm. and she's she's really has worked really hard 
for to push back on the liberalism that's going on. She started a petition against Bill 67, which you were you familiar with that? The equity uh, anti-racism bill sort of thing. It no, was, I haven't heard about this one. Yeah, so it, it was a really, really scary bill where it was saying basically that teachers could be penalized like with fines and stuff for not going along with anti-racism stuff. Okay. So if like, I'd have to, it's been a while, but it was really, really cracking down on any dissenting voices when it comes to this. So Catherine put together a petition, which an MPP, Belinda Carajalios uh, read and, and then the bill did not pass. So that was really good because it had already gone through two readings. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that didn't happen, but still, I mean, people, I I spoke to a lot of people where they're like, oh, that's so good. Like the bill didn't pass. Like, so we don't have to worry anymore. And it's like, yeah, but the bill, like I I got investigated and stuff and the bill hadn't passed either, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's not, we don't need the bill for this stuff to be happening. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, they, um, and not to say that they won't just try again. It seems like they like to try mm-hmm. again. Like, oh, I didn't pass. We'll just do it again. We'll shoot it again. It's entropy yeah. again. It's entropy. I kind of understand. I'm trying to get a grip on Trudeau and his uh, his regime. They want to usher in a just society. Well, okay. L- let's just trying to like take out all the conspiracy crap and all the authoritarian. Like, it's time. I when he got elected, he's like, it's 2020 or whenever it was 2018. So we're just gonna do this. It's just time to do this. It's just time to do this. And so he's just gonna do everything in his power. And they will do everything in their power in order to create this just society. The problem is, is that just with the gender thing alone, they're not actually with C-16 um, or another one, uh, another C-something, where they put in this gender stuff, this anti-discrimination gender stuff, and then later on, they don't release the stats on it. They just don't release how this is impacting. Oh, yeah, we're going to be completely transparent. And they just don't release the transparency. And they have to get sued and sued. And even all the conservatives, so-called conservatives, um, MPs or whatever they're called, uh, I'm just like, oh, we're just not going to release this. We're not going to release this. So it doesn't seem like that they want to have accountability. It doesn't seem like they want to have any feedback on if this is going to work or not. It seems like they have complete faith in what they're going to do and to hell with anybody who stands against them and to hell with reality if it doesn't stand with them because they're just going to do this. That's just how I perceive it. Am I? What what do you see? That's exactly right. They've completely rejected any uh, genuine approach to like seeking the truth. Uh, They don't allow questions. They don't allow um, (laughs) other lived experiences, say, like they don't allow anything that goes against their ideology. And they've really gotten good at just shutting down any opposition by um, using shame tactics and fear sort of tactics and basically bullying. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think that's completely, completely right. And it seems, I, I, well, I don't know. Do people not see that Trudeau is a complete hypocrite? Do people people generally think that he's a well-meaning guy. He's not really hypocritical. Like he'll, he'll, he'll 
restrict your rights and freedoms and bodily autonomy and your right to choose what goes into your body. But then he'll shout to American women to come up to Canada because your bodily autonomy is his, he just, he cares about that more than anything in the world. Like, do, yeah, do people, it's funny. are people starting to see that this doesn't add up? It's like he just remembered what a woman was a few days ago. But yeah, he (laughs) like apparently I saw a survey recently that said he has an 8% approval rating. (laughs) So, but he controls the he controls the polls, right? He controls what poll get published. You're also parliamentary too. 8% is a good. No, like eight is probably fairly accurate, I would say. Okay. that 8% still support him. Like, I think there's some diehard Trudeau fans that like, regardless of what he did, they it would doesn't, him. you it, like, we just have to translate that into American because you guys are in a parliamentary system. You don't need half the people to like you. Like yeah. Biden's got like a less than 40% approval rating, which is terrible. It's like very, very bad for him. 8% would be complete murder. Of mm. of him, but it's a little different in uh, Canada because you guys have a parliamentary system. There's a bunch of different. It's not just Dems versus Republicans. There's these coalitions and stuff. Is is eight like the death of him? Like political death is what I mean. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, okay. I yeah. I think like the last time I heard about approval ratings. Now I might be butchering this, but I'm pretty sure it was like 33 percent, like a few mm-hmm. months ago or whatever. So I think it has plummeted, and people are done with him. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I know teachers who, who just, just woke up like a few months ago, like they okay. voted for him in 2021 and now they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I voted for him. So I think a lot of people are waking up. It's just a matter of whether we can, uh, get Do more people to wake yeah. up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so raising awareness and, uh, vitalizing or encouraging, empowering, I guess is the term. Resistance, raising awareness, empowering resistance is key right now. That's, I guess, what you're focusing on or kind of your message mm-hmm. or your purpose right now. Is that yeah. And also, I just want to be out here and be like showing people that like, I'm still fine. I'm still alive. I'm not, hmm. you know, like I, I'm saying all these things and I'm, I'm doing well. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard for, um, like, I mean, I do get a lot of hate. I've gotten death threats. I've been called all sorts of names, but I don't care because I don't hmm. value their, those people's opinions. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess part of my role is just to show people that it's doable and that you can, you can be okay. I think it's, it's hard at first to take that first step to start speaking out like really hard, but that's just like anything. Like if you're going to, move to a different city like you're going to feel really weird about it right you're going to have you don't know what to do you're stuck between two options or like if you're you're not sure if you want to leave your boyfriend your girlfriend um that's a huge decision and it stresses you out but once you make that first step like all you can do is survive from there and and you get stronger and you and there's a lot of strength that comes from just being authentic as well so that is something that you might not expect at first. Like you're not necessarily expecting that you're going to get like a, uh, this strength coming your way, you know, from like standing alone and mm-hmm. being attacked, mm-hmm. but you do, right? Like you, um, you, you go to bed at night and you know that you're doing the right thing. 
and you aren't wondering anymore what, what options to take. You're just, you, you've taken, you've made your decision. Mm -hmm. And from there you just roll with it and you hope for the best. And I think um, for me, like I, it would be useful, useless for me to stress constantly and to like about what's going to happen to me. I do stress about Canada, but on a personal level, I don't really stress too much because mm -hmm. um, like, what am I going to do about it? Right. Like, it's just, I'm in this position and all mm -hmm. I can do is uh, my best and just keep speaking up truthfully and hope. And, and, and I do have faith that things will turn around. So, yeah, I guess the other, you know, I, I, I expressed some frustration with those people who have made the calculus and decided to keep quiet or to not speak up. And I kind of called them cowards or lacking courage. But on the other hand, their conscience will eat away at them until they do something. And being free from a bad conscience is probably worth... That's the positive things. Like, at least... At least you're living in conscience, or at least you, you're the Jiminy Cricket and you are getting along, right? So there's the yeah. other side to that, too. Um, but I, I can't imagine, like, you know, you say, like, in 10 years, your job's going to be gone. It's like, no, 10 years, you're just going to have less and less soul. Your soul's just going to be pushed and pushed, 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 pushed down. And then you'll yeah. have less to go to um, if you do get out of that, if it'll let you. Then if, if it'll let you if ever there comes a point where, you know, it's beyond what you ever wanted to accept, it's pushed your limits and you're like, I don't want to do this. Like there will be nobody to stand up for you anymore because everyone's going to be gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're, uh, it's, we need to massively organize where everyone's standing up at the same time, because what's happening right now is one person standing up and then they get shot down and then the next one goes up and they got shot down. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I'm one of those, you know, like reckless martyrs coming up. I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I'm just going to get shot down. And then, <laughs> but Joan to we, Ottawa. <laughs> we just need a massive resistance and we mm. have the numbers. We have the numbers. I mean, if everybody in my inbox spoke up tomorrow, we would obliterate the, the opposition. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how do, how do people get back in your inbox? How do people connect with you? And wh what are your resources? Are you um, you're speaking up on Twitter? You're doing engagements such as the one that you're engaging with right now. Um, what do you what are you up to? Where p can people find you and get involved with you? Support you too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I guess that would be the best way. So I'm on Twitter at uh, Shan L Fa. So I'll spell I'll spell it out. It's C H A N L. So Shan L, but just the letter L, and then P F A because my last name is Fall, spelled very weirdly. It's German. Um, but so you're French German, Chanel, Chanel. Yeah, yeah Chanel. Huh. Yeah, my first language is French, and oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that a burden for you to have to suppress that all the time? To not be like your authentic self and just French out <laughs> all the time? <laughs> no, yeah. no, not really. My, my dad is English. My mom is French. They both sort of speak. Well, my, my mom is fully bilingual. My dad understands French and gets by in Especially French. Especially when she's he, mad at him. <laughs> oh, they're not together anymore. Oh, that, okay. that must be why. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So uh 
so yeah, it's no, it, I, I really like being bilingual and I taught in a French school for a long time and I, hmm. yeah. So, um, and yeah, do you so have Twitter, any, and, Twitter and do you have a Substack or something like that? I did write an article on Substack, but it's not my own Substack. It's okay. a Substack called uh, Woke Watch, Woke okay. Watch Canada, I think. But um, yeah, I wrote an article about everything that's happened to me and just my view on all the situation. If people want to check that out, and yeah, that's about it. Do you have a, a secret talent? Like you're good with cars, or you play the uh, xylophone? or accordion uh not really i'm not that cool um i have a guitar that sits in my room i wanted to learn how to play but i never did mm. um but uh i guess my uh one of the things that i can say i'm i'm good at and i'm proud about is uh dog training i oh. i really yeah i have a, a shepherd and i really really enjoy um just dog training in general. I've done a few things in the past where I've helped people with their dogs and stuff. And, um, I just get a kick out of that. So have you, have you ever been in a show or, or taken part in a dog show? Have you gotten no. to that level yet? No, no, not. I, I did do the training classes with her and stuff, but mostly it's just the fact that I can walk around the city with her off leash and stuff and she's fine. And I can, mm-hmm. I just things like that, that I, I just see myself doing that in the future. It brings me a lot of uh, yeah. this happiness. So, yeah. That's fun. That's cool. Surprising. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, of all the things, you could have been a golfer. Well, you're a dog trainer. <laughs> well, <laughs> not officially. <laughs> well, yet. Maybe, maybe you can get the certification as long as you don't speak about um, visible uh, thoroughbreds. You'll be okay. <laughs> exactly (laughs) well thanks for uh uh, hanging out with me chanel i'm gonna wrap up the recording part of our discussion you want to say goodbye to people at home um uh, no not really you know okay (laughs) that's fine oh you don't want to say goodbye okay there we go bye au revoir au revoir